You're listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare. You are listening to So Wizards. You're thinking, you're the people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 469. Nice. Of the So Wizard podcast, I am your host Joey DiCarlo, and with me, my co-host this week, we've got the expert, Mr. Mark Markellis Rake. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. And when a horror movie is on the docket, you know Aubrey will be nowhere to be found. But that's all right, because we got one of our best friends from the world of podcasting. That's right, guys. John from the Pint Colon, a pop culture podcast, is back. That's right. You know, it, I've been back. So fast since the last time, you could say it has been in a The Flash. <laughs> Ooh. Well, at least the special effects in this one were a lot better. The people that are dead-eyed in this one were supposed to be dead-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> the, the special effects in my breakfast yesterday were better than The Flash. <laughs> well, you, the listener, are listening to So Was Her Podcast, where three friends, I don't know, we review a fucking movie or something. I'm still working on that. Um <laughs> Every week on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network, this week we are talking about the newest A24 elevated horror movie, Talk to Me, like lovers do. (laughs) Before we get into all that, how the hell is everyone doing? John, how are you? I'm okay. I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm getting tired of this extreme heat we've been going through. Today wasn't so bad, but that doesn't make up for like the last like 25 days of just sweat everywhere and i'm not I'm, I'm looking forward to uh september and hopefully not an indian or whatever the pc word for that kind of summer is now yeah and you had a busy weekend this weekend yeah i hit up uh terrificon the uh connecticut's uh terrific comic-con saw a bunch of friends and uh got a uh autograph from garth ennis uh, a writer who i've always loved a lot creator of the boys and, and stuff like that. When, when I got back into comics after a hiatus in like 2000, the, one of the first things I read that really drew me back in was uh, his preacher run, which I had never obviously read because I was out of comics at that point. And um, the funny part is, is when I met him on Saturday at the con, because he's, he, he's never at cons I go to. So this is like the first one. So I brought a couple books. I brought a Punisher um, welcome back Frank. And I, I brought something else for him to sign. And, um, when I got up to the front of the line, I, I told him exactly what I said to you. I said, Hey, you know, it just means a lot to meet you because blah, 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 same story. And he just looks at me and he goes, Oh, thanks. And, and he had this like $200 absolute edition of preacher on the table he was selling. And he just went right into sales pitch with it. <laughs> so yeah, it, 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 I thought it was like this nice moment. And then he's like, uh, we well, could buy this right here. Oof. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, All right, well, as I said, I already got it, read it. And I didn't bring $200 to buy anything uh, but thank you so yeah but it, it was it was, yeah, it was it was a little brutal you know i'm telling this guy that you know you know his uh his work brought me back into you know a medium i love and he's just like hey you have 200 dollars." <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah i would love to meet him well probably not now after you said that but yeah, yeah. He, he was he's... very friendly but you know I, and i get it you know gotta eat but like I, I don't know i've told other comic artists or writers similar things and i've gotten you know, more interested reactions or more, it led into a quick conversation. Not like, um, so you're looking for a new Toyota? <laughs> yeah, no, understood. Yeah. I love, I love preacher. My wife, that's one of the few comic books she's ever read front to back. She loves it too. So it would have been nice to meet him, but yeah, we didn't go to terrific con. So <laughs> awesome. We are glad you are here. Thank you. Markellis Reagans. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, I am glad that John is here. John, you are one of my favorite podcasters, so uh, I am always thrilled to get your uh, insight on movies. So this is going to be a fun episode for me personally. Um, But yeah, you know, this week has just been another crazy week, another crazy week in the world of Mark. Um, But you know, you're having a (laughs) you know, you're having a tough time when the highlight of your week is going to be editing the podcast. Oh, Jesus. But that's okay. Pod before life. 
Pod before <laughs> life. That's right. Get off your high horse. Get a new slogan. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, another movie in the bank. But, Joey, how are you doing this week? Well, um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not doing great. I'm not in a good place mentally at all. Uh, I'm struggling. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm normally an open book uh, on the podcast. I'll tell you anything. Tell you like the color of my fucking ball hair. I don't care. <laughs> but like, I don't know, this stuff's really private and I'm just not, I'm not doing well right now. Um, we're going to get through it. We're cool, but shit is a little rough right now for me. So, you know, you may have noticed, oh, you guys aren't posting on social media as much as you used to, or, you know, you're not putting out as many TikToks as you used to. And it's just because I can't get myself fucking motivated to do it. It's hard to put on a brave face sometimes and just do the shit when, you know, what's going on inside is a little different than what you have to portray. But uh, I'm trying. Um, Saturday was absolutely insane. I got up. I met Adam at like seven o'clock in the morning. We drove to Rhode Island Anime Con. That's right, guys. From the creators of Rhode Island Comic Con, it was the very first, hopefully annual, Rhode Island Anime Con. And it was held in the same place where Rhode Island Comic Con is. So both of you have been to Rhode Island uh, as a Comic Con. So you kind of understand a little bit what I'm saying. Rhode Island Comic Con is absolute pure insanity. It takes up two <laughs> buildings. One is a fucking basketball arena and the other is the full convention center. This was only held in that one part. So it wasn't in the dunk at all. It was just in the convention center. Okay. Um, and there was nothing going on outside. So you know how when you go in the convention center, Rhode Island Comic Con, there's 75,000 people there. The whole hallway is fucking packed. They got tables lining the hallway. There's all stuff going on. Nothing. And it was quiet. <laughs> Sounds nicer. <laughs> um, no, I'm not. I'm not down against the show at all. I'm just saying, like, even Adam said, he's like, this is weird. Because we're used to being in that building for the Rhode Island Comic Con where it's pure, absolute insanity. And it was just empty in that hallway and it was quiet and it was so strange. But um, the show certainly picked up once it got open and going and it was packed as hell in there. They just had it in that one convention area and we had a really good time. We got a lot of cosplay pictures. We did some really good interviews, uh, which are all going to be going up on YouTube. And I'm looking forward to it next year. I'll be honest with you. I had a lot more fun here than I did at terrific on last year. I guess that's not a nice thing to say. People might get upset, but, um, I think if I was just going to a con and I wasn't on a podcast, I didn't have to get content. I would go to terrific con and hang out with my friends. Uh, maybe not for $50 a day, but, um, <laughs> but yeah. you know, yeah, too expensive. It a hundred percent. You know, we were lucky enough to get in with press passes, but $50 or $40 it's, it's too much. But, um, you know, last year we didn't really have a good time getting content at Terrificon. It was just too much of a, it was too much of a grind. It was too hard of a grind. It's hard to get interviews. Uh, we, you get no access to guests. There's not a lot of cosplay. You can't cover the panels and it, it's not their fault, but there is another person or people that have a YouTube channel that do press there and they literally set up 4k cameras in each room record every single panel all day, every day, and upload them to YouTube within hours. Uh, there's nothing I can do coverage-wise to top that. So, like, there's nothing, there's no point. Um, so we decided this year to do the Rhode Island Anime Con, and then, you know, it went really well. Like I said, we got a lot of content. You're going to see it all on YouTube coming up. I came home from that around 2 o'clock. Uh, I went grocery shopping. I took a quick hour and a half nap, um, did some more chores and errands, and then I went to the movies at 10.20 p.m. Wow, another late showing for you. That's right. Pod before life, <laughs> motherfuckers. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a wild weekend, man. It was wild. But Rhode Island Anime Con was, was real, man. It was, it was a good time. I'm really excited to see how they expand it next year. I did not get a chance to uh, go to the Angry Geek Show live. I really wanted to, but it was just too late in the day. Um, I was really hoping to see Lewis in a like anime maid costume. <laughs> Good lord! They had a maid cafe there. You guys don't even know what that is. No, I'm, I'm gonna assume it's a cafe where there's uh, servants dressed up as maids. Yeah, um, the people that we interviewed at Contropolis Mass Otaku Sakai. They have a store in the Auburn Mall in Auburn, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. um, really cool, and. They were running a maid cafe. And, you know, when we first got there, we got in early because we're pressed and, and like we were just checking out what they were doing and stuff. And basically you paid to get in and you 
can you eat like snacks and stuff and you can play games with like attractive women dressed as maids. <laughs> it's it's weird because I've never heard of a maid cafe, but I do know that there are like vending machines that you can get like used underwear out of. Oh my God. So it wasn't it wasn't that <laughs> inappropriate, but it's basically like, you know, how you go to Hooters and like the waitress pretends to like you. Yeah. Imagine if she sat down with you and ate or like played like Uno or something while having to pretend to like you. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it, it is a little weird. It's not for me, but there was a huge line to get in. So good on those guys. So I mean, they'll do it even even crazier next year. We'll see what happens. But yeah, we had a good time. We had a good time, and I'm exhausted now and stressed out. But here we are, ready to rock and roll. Um, you know enough about us. Why don't we talk a little bit more about us, Marcellus Reagan's? Please tell the listeners where they can get more. So is your podcast. All right, so everybody can head on over to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find a brand new episode every week. You'll also find an occasional movie review from yours truly. Uh, You'll also find some reviews and some recommendations and interviews from the one and only Adam Wallyhawk. You'll also find our merchandise there, t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, coffee mugs, all located in our Tee Public store. You'll also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. So definitely get at us. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review while you're there, if you can. Uh, You can find our podcast wherever podcasts can be found. That's including the Stitcher Radio app, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Good Pods. We have a YouTube page with new content premiering there regularly. So definitely check that out. We have a Patreon page where you can support the show. And for as little as a dollar a month, you'll receive exclusive content year round. Shout out to all of our buddies in the Geek World All-Stars podcast and network. Back to you, Joey. A podcast takes a lot of work, okay? You have to organize the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and then you build a following. It takes a long time, and I've been working on it for a while, okay? All right, guys, we're going to talk about Talk to Me, which is a brand new elevated horror film from A24. We all had a chance to go see it in the theaters, and as always, we're going to have some non-spoiler talk. We're going to talk about our trip to the movies and all that fun then Mark Ellis will drop the spoiler drop. So if you haven't seen it, you'll at least know what we thought or the rest. You can bounce or stick around depending on if you've seen it or not and hear us discuss it a little more in depth. But to get started, John, you beat us all to the movies. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's wild. That is wild. It's dedication. Yep. What was your trip like to the movies? Because you don't go very often. You only go when we make you. Pretty much 100% this year, I think, is also <laughs> Wizard Scream 6. The Flash, this. I don't know if I've seen anything else, Um, but that's fine. That's fine. It's dedication. We call it in the industry. We call it pod before life. Get off your high horse. And so, yeah, uh, I had a half a day at work on Thursday and an open Thursday. So I had said to my wife uh, earlier in the week, I'm going to either go Thursday or Saturday after Trificon. Those are the only two chances I had. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do this Thursday. The odds are it's going to be much quieter. So uh, in Connecticut speak, I chose to go to the Southington location, which is a nicer theater than the one closer to me. And I figured, you know, it's kind of in and out. Parking's real easy. Get in and out of that place. So I went for the four o'clock show Thursday. When I arrived at the AMC theater in Southington, it was packed to the fucking gills. And here is what I had forgotten. That Barbie and Oppenheimer (laughs) came out like five days prior. And somehow everybody on earth was off at four on a Thursday seeing Barbie and or Oppenheimer. Um, I've never seen more, mostly women dressed in all pink before, but yeah, I got in, paid for my ticket, went over, got my snacks. I got uh, some peanut M&Ms, which I'm fond of. And a, uh, you know, one of those sodas, you go over to the machine and mix flavors, do all that fun stuff. Uh, No, the people that were there to see Barbie were all there to see Barbie there was like four people in the tiny ass theater that they were playing talk to me <laughs> in, which was fine. Um, it was about three fifty, I'd say when Nuvi was going on, cause that theater plays Nuvi with Joey's favorite, uh, uh, Maria. 
Yes. Yeah. You get all the you get all the new footage with all the new dolphin laughing. I didn't because it was already like rolling by the time I got in. I got hit. I got hit in some traffic on the way there. So then four o'clock rolls and the previews start. And something I hadn't experienced in a while in the theaters is that movie where they play like fucking eight previews. Yep. Um, they man, they bone me with previews like for it was a half hour. It was a half an hour of you know the nun part two or whatever and i I can't even remember half of them but it was a half hour i I was like get because i told my wife i said i figure i'll be out by like 5 45 by the time this hour and 30 minute long movie ended at a four o'clock show it was like 6 15 and it was mostly previews like i every time that green preview screen came up again i was like you're kidding me you're fucking kidding me (laughs) But in terms of my my experience, uh, the peanut M and M's were delicious. The uh, the I think it was a uh, uh, cherry Coke was delicious, and nobody was loud. Like I said, only four people. Nobody tried to sit in my lap, uh, which happens a lot. So it was a good experience. <laughs> awesome, well, that's good. Um, it's crazy that you beat us to the movies. It's wild. Uh, like one time, just one time. All right, Mark Ellis Rake. Yeah, uh, similar to John, I uh, I went to the movies on a Sunday afternoon because, number one, it's a scary movie and I'm a big scaredy cat. So I figure if I can leave the theater and it's still sun out, you know, I might be a little bit safer. Uh, but yeah, pulling up to the theater, I'm like trying to find a parking spot. And I'm like, why is this place so packed? Like, I had completely forgotten about Barbie and Oppenheimer. Like, it's Sunday afternoon and I can't find a parking spot. And it didn't even occur to me that it was Barbie until afterwards. So, uh, yeah, made it to the theater. And I usually get, you know, I made it on time. I, I Sorry, Joey, I missed the Nuvi again. I would have made it in time for Nuvi, but the the line for the snacks was packed. It was just super long. So that took forever. And normally when I go to, I go to the movies and I get a popcorn, I usually ask for like a little bit of butter. You know, not a lot. You know, doctor wanted me to cut back. And I'm like, yeah, I'll cut back for you, doc. So just a little bit of butter on the popcorn. But I forgot to tell them this time. So as I'm standing there watching him put the butter on, and he's just layering it. <laughs> just It's just going on and on and on and on. And I can almost see the bag becoming translucent because of the <laughs> butter. And I'm like, all right, that's enough. I'm like yelling across the crowded uh, crowded candy thing. So, um, yeah, so I ate about a year's worth of butter in this one movie. And yeah, it was fine. The theater wasn't super packed. It was a decent crowd. Again, it was a Sunday afternoon, so it wasn't like the the rah rah crowd that's ready to go nuts. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a decent showing. And considering that everyone else was there to see Barbie, it was nice to see someone going to see something else. It was nice that this movie has a chance to like make some money under the this huge globe of the Barbie Oppenheimer uh, umbrella. Awesome. Well, the good news, Mark, uh, budget-wise for this movie, regardless of how we each feel about it, we haven't discussed that yet, is it only had a $4.5 million budget, and it made $10 million in its opening weekend. Nice. So it needs about $5 million more to be into the profit margin, uh, and it should get there. Uh, we'll see. Now, I have been going to the movies late on Saturdays for the last, I don't know, maybe like five or six weeks. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, it's been a little wild. Uh, normally, I was a go early in the morning kind of guy so that if the kids don't want to see it with me, we just get it out. I just get it out of the way. You know, I put make it as part of my day. I get up, go to the movies, then go grocery shopping on the way home, blah, blah, blah. Lately, I've just been doing what I have to do during the day on Saturday, take a nap, and then I go to the movies at like 10 o'clock, 10, 10. Um, and, and the movies are dead. There's no one there. So it, it's nice. You know, it's quiet. I f- actually feel bad when I leave because you see the one girl sitting at the desk <laughs> just sitting there like fucking pissed off because, you know, people actually showed up to these late showings. So now they can't leave. Hmm. Um, but, you know, this week I, I pulled up and like you guys both said, the, the fucking parking lot was packed. And I'm like, what is happening? And I go inside and, and the same thing, you know, it's just there's people everywhere. It was actually busier. At 10 o'clock on a Saturday than it was when I went to see Barbie last weekend. <laughs> it was it was insane. And I'm like, what the fuck? And there are still people dressed like in pink, dressed like Barbie. It was wild. So I go up to the fucking desk and I'm like, hey, you know, I, I'm going to get this. I wanted to get some Swedish fish for some reason. I just had a fucking taste for Swedish fish because that's the best thing to do when you are, um, you know, dealing with depression is to make yourself more depressed by eating poorly. <laughs> So you gain weight and then you get depressed again. Um, so I was like, 
I want Swedish fish. So I go to the thing. They have no Swedish fish. They have their candy is fucking cleaned out. It looked like Black Friday at like Walmart. <laughs> and I got a couple things. And I'm like, okay. And I, I, I said to the guy, like, can I get a large Diet Coke? And he's like, oh, we don't have any. We don't have any Coke products. Right now. <laughs> I'm like what? He's like, we are completely out of soda in these flavors. And they, he listed like nine of the ten flavors <laughs> they have. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's just been really crazy here today, man. I'm surprised we have popcorn left. I'm like, okay. And so I got an orange soda, but like, I really didn't want that. But what choice did I have? Um, went in, sat down. Um, the whole theater was movie theater was insane. When I get into, into our movie theater where I'm sitting and watching this movie, there weren't anyone in there. <laughs> like, I watched all of Nuvie, all the trailers, maybe like four or five people showed up almost towards the end of the trailers. You know, they're smart. They don't want to sit through a whole bunch of trailers that felt identical, like The Nun the exorcist remake like oh yeah which i'm we're probably gonna do on the podcast but it looks horrible um all those trailers just look the same to me but we get going in the movie and, and for the most part everybody was quiet but a couple times like they there were people talking on their phone or like taking like flash photography oh no <laughs> and i was just like i don't i'm not gonna say anything i just don't even want to deal with it right now like i wasn't in the mood to like to start shit, but like it was, it was annoying, but the good news guys, the very good news and Mark, you're going to be stunned. I actually signed up for the Cinemark movie club. <laughs> it's about time. I, this is a discount program that the company that owns every theater within 500 miles of us runs. And I've always resisted signing up. I just didn't want to do it. I don't know why you save money. You get free tickets, blah, blah, you go, blah. You go to the movies every fucking week, right? Like, I go to the it, movies probably 45 <laughs> times a year. Yeah. That's all we have 52 weeks here. That's almost every week. This is like, <laughs> this is like, for me, that would be a waste of time, Joey, for you. That's like probably more important than like, I don't know, like your, your life insurance maybe or something. <laughs> I, I don't know why I just didn't want to join. So, you know, I finally did. I logged in, I bought it. I logged out because I knew I wasn't going to the movies again for a few days. So um, this was last week. And then it was right. It was after Barbie. So I was like, God damn it. I just signed up for this fucking club. Then the day I went to get the tickets for talk to me, I opened the app and immediately it's like, welcome to platinum status. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> we've we've been waiting for you, Mr. DiCarlo. <laughs> Come on That's in. Right. <laughs> That's right. So you get platinum status if you if you go to the movies 25 times or more in a year. Or you buy 60 or more movie tickets. <laughs> they, they told you where to find the secret stash of Swedish fish that the guy at the front <laughs> tells everybody else we don't have. That's right. Like, oh, oh, sir, platinum. He goes to the toilet and lifts up the tank and then pulls out like a box, like a waterproof box. And is like, here, here's two packages of Swedish fish, sir. Just throw right. your teeth. <laughs> oh, platinum status right this way, sir. <laughs> but I just thought it was hilarious that like I didn't even have to work for it. It had already happened. They gave me two free extra movie tickets, and now I get 25% off of snacks instead of 20, and I get I earn even more points for buying stuff, which you can buy more free tickets. So that's cool. It's good times. We'll see how it goes the rest of the year. I still got some movies to go see as long as uh, nothing keeps getting pushed back, but it sounds like we had a decent time at the movie theater. You know, I got out at... This movie wasn't that long, so I got out at probably like midnight-ish. That wasn't that bad, so... Thank God, you know, Mission Impossible getting out at like getting home at like fucking two in the morning was rough. (laughs) (laughs) But now we're going to talk about talk to me non-spoiler. Just want to hear what you thought about the movie without spoiling it. John from the pint. Uh, Non-spoilers. It was fine. I went into it kind of having ridden the hype train that I had been kind of seeing, you know, here and there. This is like the big horror film you know, a couple of YouTube guys make their first movie and it's incredible. And, and in the end, I, I can't really say I loved it, but I also can't say I didn't like it. It's kind of right in the middle for me. Okay. Uh, Marcellus Fragans. Yeah. I like this movie. It definitely falls in the elevated horror category, you know, and whether that's a good thing or bad thing depends on your taste, but you know, I did not know any of the hype of, of this movie. I only looked up the Rotten Tomato score like right before I went to go see it. Um, but yeah, I, I like this movie. I thought it, it it had a goal and it accomplished it, its goal. Uh, and it was, you know, I, I didn't leave the theater hating myself. <laughs> I actually really did enjoy this movie. Well, I mean, I went into the theater hating myself, so it was pretty <laughs> easy for me to leave hating myself. But. All right. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I did see the hype train. So I know Justin from Epic Film Guys said this is like the best horror movie of the year. Uh, I know Katie from uh, For Your Reference has been all over this. She loves it. Um, and I'm like, man, I got to show up for my girl. You know, I got to say, hey, you know, this movie's awesome. And I'm kind of kind of where John is, you know, I it's OK. It's OK. It's 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 not to me. It's not a five out of five movie like it's been hyped up to be. I just I just don't see it, um, but it's OK. It's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. It's just not that great. You know, I, I wasn't walking out of the theater like, holy shit, I need to see that again. I need to buy the Blu-ray. I need to, you know, get it on 4K Steelbook. Like I wasn't wasn't like that at all. I was like, OK, that was a movie I saw. You know, if I had watched it on Tubi or Shudder, I would have felt exactly the same. You know, I just I just didn't feel that. Wow, I'm blown away by this. And I don't know if some of that's the style of movie it is versus what I like or if it's, you know, other things we can't really talk about without getting into spoilers. But, uh, you know, and I think I was able to figure out what the actual message of the movie is, like what it's actually trying to talk about um, about halfway through. And I'm like, I don't much like Aubrey with Barbie last week, Mark Ellis. OK, I've gone through this with people in my life, in right. real life. So it's not enjoyable to me to watch it played <laughs> out on a movie screen. So gotcha. like, um, and I think that probably affected me watching the movie my, my state of mind going in was not great to start and then that was not helpful so uh i i wasn't the biggest fan but i'm not hating on it either so it sounds like we're a little all over the place the only way to keep talking about this is to spoil it so if you haven't seen it go check it out come on back the rest of you stick around we're gonna drop the drop and we're gonna spoil talk to me one clear spoiler here's the spoiler you will die alone. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's talk about some things that we liked about this movie. John, you and I are kind of close to where we feel about this. What were the things you liked about it? So if I'm going to get just base level, like one of the things about a lot of horror movies that the good ones do really well is they cement certain things into your brain. You know, like the exorcist with the, with the pea soup and the head twisting and everything like that. Um, I'm not saying this is to that level, but the two scenes of the kid just going berserk and like repeatedly banging his head on the table and on the hospital wall and attempting to rip his eye out and all that stuff that it will be stuck in my head for a while. I, I don't think this I, I don't know if the, a lot more from this movie will live there. But when people talk about talk to me, I think that 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 bit, those two bits that kind of happen, you know, maybe 20 minutes apart from each other are going to solidify themselves into film, film goers memories for a long, long time. They were really well done. They, and it, it was gruesome and you wanted it to stop and it was chaotic. And I just felt like as I was, I was watching, I was just going, Oh Jesus, get him, stop him somehow. You know, it was, mm -hmm. cause it's a kid too. You know, it's hard to watch. Yeah. I'll agree with you there. I will agree with you there. That that's I don't want to say it's iconic like you like you said it's not super iconic but it was definitely one of the best shot scenes in the movie. Yeah, it, it definitely rises above anything else in the film for me that was a either like a frightening scene or something that, you know, is supposed to be horrific. That that is where it pinnacled for that for me. What else you got? That's it? That's the only thing you like? Uh no, um the opening I like the opening quite a bit with the brothers at the party where, you know, it's a setup and we don't know what we're dealing with yet. Obviously, if you've seen the previews, you know, we're dealing with a, a hand of a medium that is possessed and can possess people. But we don't know that at the beginning. And it's a brother walking into a, a house party in Australia. They're in Australia and he's trying to find his brother and everybody's kind of given, you know, just, oh, he's up in his room. And he goes up into his room and he gets his brother out of his bedroom and he's like, he's despondent and he just looks like he's kind of like just been like, you know, kicked in the head. And, and then it ends in like incredible violence and kind of like stunning violence. Yeah. He um, stabs his brother and then he stabs himself directly in the head. Yeah. Yeah. Stabs his brother in the chest and then just turns the knife on himself. But meanwhile, with the other part of this movie that, is is interesting is it, it kind of reminded me of in a way of 
the movie I did with you guys last year, Bodies, 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 because it's very much about a certain age group. And part of that age group is that we have to film everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. So like that whole bit where everybody's filming, you know, the brother who is obviously like mentally despondent and the other brother is just like, you know, fuck all of you. You know, like it, it, it felt very real as to what would happen in today. But then, it, like I, like you said, it ends in like incredible violence with the stabbing and then the, you know, <laughs> I don't know how many how many movies I've ever seen where someone just like puts a butcher knife through their own face. Uh, but I like I like the opening because it made me go, OK, all right, let's see where this goes. All right. Well, that's it. The opening and <laughs> the middle <laughs> two scenes of the movie. I, I got to be honest. I didn't hate this movie, but we'll get into what we didn't like about it. But what I think a horror movie should hinge on, this movie kind of failed at for me. Okay. All right. Well, Markellis Reagans, what about you? All right. Yeah. Some things that I liked. Uh, I agree with John. The opening shot I thought, or the opening scene I thought was fantastic. There's a very long tracking shot where the camera just follows the brother as he's walking his way through this party. Um, and it's very, I was very impressed by that because this, the tracking shot went on for a long time. And I'm thinking, God, it must have been hell to like get all of these kids to like actually act like they're in a party as they're filming the scene. It's a really, really cool long shot. Uh, and yes, the, the shocking deaths that happen in that scene, uh, you know, lets you know that, okay, we're, we're, we're in that type of movie. We're off to a good start. Uh, there's a lot of really cool practical effects in the movie. Uh, the makeup I thought for the spirits were really, really good. Um, I didn't really notice any digital stuff at all. Everything seemed pretty practical. Uh, so that I really much, I very much enjoyed. Uh, I thought the movie visually had a really cool look. There are scenes where they, when one of the kids is like possessed by the spirit and the spirit is like in the room and like, you know, shutting the door and, you know, moving shit. And the camera just kind of like, it's off kilter. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a smooth transition. It's like very jarring uh, when the spirit is in a room. And I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, I like the sound design. I think, you know, one of the keys to, at least for me, uh, in a horror movie is how well it sounds in a theater. And I thought, you know, the scene that you were talking about, John, when a kid is hitting his head against the the table, like that just sounded gruesome. Um, all little violent scenes just have a really gruesome sound to it. Uh, and even a scene where she's, uh, where the main, the main girl, Mia, is like, talking to her dad she's at the sink and she's washing dishes and her dad is like trying to talk to her and you can't really hear what he's saying with the water going uh and then when she turns it off he starts talking and then she waits for him to say something else and he doesn't so she turns the water back on and then he starts talking again and like that happens in real life all the time so you know i I like that they paid attention to the very like small details in the sound design uh i liked miranda otto as the the mom i thought she was really good uh, they made a Lord of the Rings joke like earlier in the movie. And then when I saw her, I'm like, hey, <laughs> good for her. She's she's still doing stuff. Um, and it wasn't until like I'm an idiot. It wasn't until like way after I saw the movie, as I'm thinking about it and thinking about it, that I realized because I'm trying to in any typical horror movie, at least horror movies that I like, you meet your main hero and you kind of go on a hero's journey with them. Uh, so, you know, you kind of put yourself in their shoes and you kind of want them to solve the mystery or save the friend or defeat the bad guy. You want to root for them. And the main character in this movie has a really shitty progression of her story. And then it wasn't until afterwards that I realized, Oh, this is a allegory for drug use. Like this is, (laughs) this isn't about uh, her saving the day at all. This is about uh, how shitty drugs are and how they fuck you up. If you don't pay attention to the sign. So, once I figured that out, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I like that. I I appreciate that. Quote, unquote, elevated horror. So, you know, it had, had a couple of good jumps, had some gory stuff in it. Uh, the performances were great when Mia has to be scared and she has to be brave. Yes, she has to be like some of the spirits sometimes. Like the, the main actress did a really good job. So, yeah, I enjoyed most of this movie. I I, I really think that it has some some talent behind it. And I think it's good. All right. Um, wow. What did I like about this movie? I'm going to agree with both you guys that there is some real talent, uh, behind the cameras in this one. I know the guys are YouTubers or something. This is their first movie. 
But I, I think technically, just like you said, like that opening scene is fantastic. The scene where the kid's fucking himself up on the table and and, and whatnot is fantastic. Um, same thing, like you said, Mark, there's a lot of really cool use of the camera and different things happening and focus and out of focus and sound, all sorts of things like that that are done that are really cool. It reminded me a lot of Candyman from a couple of years ago where, yeah, I didn't 100% really like that movie, but I'm interested to see what that director does next mm-hmm. based on the movie. And I'm in the same boat here. You know, I'm not a huge fan of this movie, but I'm, I'd be interested in seeing what they do next. And it doesn't have to be horror either. They can be any category, but just seeing their progression would be, is going to be really interesting because I think that they did a lot of really cool stuff technically, and they did it with a really low budget. So, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, I did like all the actors in the movie. I thought they all did really well. <sighs> it's just, uh, you know, Uh, I did like the visuals when the dead people would show up. It was pretty unnerving. They didn't make them. They made them look almost realistic, I I think, to what a dead body should look like. (laughs) It was it was pretty unnerving. John, did you enjoy the at least that aspect of the horror? Yeah, I I thought the practical effects were good. Um, What I also liked about this movie was that as soon as we get to the first party where the hand is being used, it's not like some horror movies where it's like, well, it didn't work tonight and none of the characters see it happen. So they don't believe in it. They literally just said, fuck it, go for it right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Like these characters start using this hand and they start getting 150% possessed. And, you know, as Mark said, and, you know, it, it's an allegory for drug use. And obviously all of the things that start to snowball are are related to the idea of drug use as well but like i love the fact that they they go to this party and the first person who uses it i think is mia she sees like a spirit immediately yeah it wasn't like oh it didn't work or oh it takes five people or it Mm -hmm. starts right away uh and especially when you have a shorter runtime like this you've got to kind of get right into it so i did appreciate that a lot i think i need to use the hand and then sleep in the same room with somebody with really nice feet (laughs) (laughs) That was that was pretty unnerving, actually. That was pretty gross. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, and uh, Miranda Otto, nice to see her again. Like you said, Mark, I think she still got it. Uh, clearly, she should have been um, Aragon's choice over Liv Tyler. We are not um, going to start this debate one again, dude. We're leaving it. Liv Tyler for the win. Damn it. No way. Never. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's one man's opinion. You could be angry about it. But yeah, I mean, it's well acted. It's well shot. Really well shot, actually. Um, I just think the script story wise kind of lets me down. And I don't think that that is from the movie. I think if it hits the right way for you, you're going to like it. But I think it's like Mark said, it's elevated horror. We're not going to get Mia fighting a giant hand at the end of this, (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately. So uh, let's talk about things we didn't like, though. Uh, John, you held back when you had things to like. So there's got to be a lot you didn't. Not not a lot, but like, like like number one, it's a horror movie and it's not scary. Like like I think you or Mark had said, like, you know, I don't want to go to a horror movie like in you know at night or whatever. Like I I'm the same way. Like uh, I, I I see the wrong thing at the wrong time, like at night on my couch. I'm afraid to walk to my bedroom sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. Like I, I shouldn't have watched that in the dark. And this movie from the hype made me think, you know, oh my god, this is gonna have some really really you know screwed up stuff in it that's going to really stick in my head and when it comes to like the whatever you want to call them the demons or the you know the the visions we see none of it like it it looked good as mark said the effects look good they looked like they were like dead people like her mother every time she saw her looked like she was getting worse i like that but none of it was like uh, i'm gonna get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and see this in my head and go oh shit I got to run back to bed. None of it's going to do that for me. And then the other thing that I I think mainly kind of brings this movie down for me is I don't know if I love the, like how it goes from, okay, so now the kid uses the hand and, you know, he ends up kind of in limbo because of it. And the rest of the movie is like this demon pretending to be her mom, trying to trick her, um, and, and going from there, I almost would have preferred, and I get it. It wouldn't have been considered elevated horror. I would have almost preferred a straight up scarier horror movie where something 
was coming after all the kids that used the hand. There was a ton of kids there, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, and again, I know that's not elevated. I know that sounds more like a standard slasher or standard horror film, but I almost feel like I would have enjoyed that more. I, I just felt like the whole idea that she's now being kind of tricked into doing all these things by this spirit that could or may not be her mom. I, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't feel like that turn is what I wanted in this movie. And I know they said, mm -hmm. I know they set that up from the beginning because, you know, certain friends didn't want to be around her because she's the sad girl whose mom died. And, and they set it up very well. And it makes sense that it goes there. But I feel like once it goes there, it just doesn't stick the landing at all for me. Okay. Mark Ellis ring. Yeah, you know what? I, real quick, I just want to say two other things that I liked about it. <laughs> just real, real quick, I love when the little girl spirit showed up, and uh, and uh, she's like, she grabs Mia's hand, and she's like, "I let you win." And then Mia gets a vision of where uh, what's his name is the kid. That was terrifying to me. Even yeah. though you, they don't really show a lot, but they give you enough to let your imagination do the rest. And that shit looked terrifying. He, he looked like he was, if you've ever seen the movie Society, he looks like he was in the shunting. If <laughs> if you've never seen it, then and that joke's over both your heads. But yeah, there's <laughs> there's a thing called the shunting in society. And that, it kind of looked like he was in the middle of that. Mm, I'm making a note of that right now, society. <laughs> the only thing I know about shunting is from uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> I don't think that's the same. No, Certainly not. not. <laughs> All right. So things that I didn't like, I 110% agree with you, John. Uh, I wish that this movie had been a little bit more straightforward. Uh, the thing with this movie, and it's not it's not really a negative thing, but the movie is very, quote unquote, up to interpretation. So it really depends on the viewer. You bring to the you get out of this movie what you bring you bring to it. It doesn't have like the typical story beats that at least I enjoy when I sit down to a horror movie, uh, you know, cause I, you know, I, I, you get the character, you get the setup and then you get the journey. This one is very much like, well, what do you think the kangaroo coming back <laughs> at the end of the movie means? You know, I don't know. I don't know. So, you know, I can't, it's hard to recommend a movie. That's like, it's hard to recommend a movie. That's tough for anyone to see your side of it. Cause only you're going to see what only you're going to get out of it. What you get out of it. Uh, so that's one of the things that I, I guess that's a negative. I didn't know this movie took place in Australia. <laughs> I mean, the first giveaway was, you know, the kangaroo on the side of the road. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe it escaped from a zoo or something. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the other giveaway was that there was big chunks of the movie where I cannot understand what the fuck they were saying. Oh, like, God. It wasn't as bad as like Attack the Block or something, though. I don't know. Like, You know, I give props to the sound design. Maybe it was a little too much during some of the dialogue scenes, but there was a couple of scenes towards the beginning where I was really struggling to make out what they were saying. Their accents wasn't bad. Like I said, it could be the, the, the sound design, but man, some of those dialogue scenes, I was just like, whoa, I what, what did they say? And there was, you know, there are a few good thrills in this movie, but there's huge chunks of spaces in between those where you're like, you can feel it. You know, you want to get involved in the characters, you want to get involved in the story, but you also want to get like a little bit of a thrill. And there's like big chunks of time where it doesn't feel like any of that is happening. Um, so that is a little bit disappointing to me, too. But other than that, you know, the ending is kind of up for up for debate. But you, the viewer, decide on your own what you think the ending is. Uh, and that's a little bit of a negative for me, but I I enjoyed it. Again, once I figured out what the, the underlying story was, it made a lot more sense. All right. All right. You know, um, I think for me, a lot of that is where the disappointment comes in. I think it's like I said in my positives, it's really well shot. It's really well acted. Um, there's some great visuals, some great ideas, but it gets to a point in the movie where it's just like, I don't really understand how they're going to get out of this. And it doesn't really give you an explanation of how they get out of it or, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, she's got to go to the hospital and they try They got to blow the candle out. That doesn't work. Okay. They got to go to the hospital and, and she thinks she's going to kill the kid. Um, and then that's not what they're supposed to do. And then she ends up getting hit by a car. Right. And then she dies and now everything's fine. Uh, sure. Yeah. Because at the end, she's walking in the hospital and she's a ghost. And then she sees like that kid's all fine. And he's leaving with uh, 
uh, Yoen and his sister. <laughs> and, you know, she sees her dad and he's fine and he gets on the elevator. Like, so everything was fine because she got killed. What happened to the, the monsters? Uh, she's going to have to deal with them herself now. Again, it's it's up to interpretation. The movie starts with her being the first person to grab the hand, uh, and then she's the last, and then it ends with her being the hand. So it's yeah. it's really just her journey. All the other stuff is just kind of you know. I did like that at the end that that you know all of a sudden she's the the ghost at the fucking party. <laughs> so like I did like that ending that part of the ending, but the the rest of it was so open to interpretation. I had no fucking idea what was happening. John, did you have any idea what happened at the end of this movie? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I got, I, I just guess I don't understand why like this demon pretending to be her mom was trying to get her to do all this stuff. Was it because she wanted her dead to join her in wherever limbo or was it not the mom the whole time? And I also like, did the sister of the brother th- knock her into the road like you know what i mean like because she was just about to throw the brother into the into the street um which by the way like that's a terrible like little area to have next to a hospital where wheelchairs are going to be is like like a little a little ramp that goes right down into a a busy australian i don't know highway or whatever they have Mm -hmm. but yeah i I don't know i was confused too I, i i you know and then you see the brother is awake and he seems fine and they're leaving and she can't talk to the father, but I'm assuming the father's dead too because she stabbed him right through the fucking head or the neck. Well, um, he, he got in an elevator that had light in it and left. So maybe he went to heaven and she has uh, to go to hell. Yeah. That could yeah. Be it too. Yeah. And, but like, why, why did she go to hell? And was the, you know, like I, I understand that she did some terrible stuff under the influence of, these demons, but yeah, I, I was, I was a little bit confused too. I just I, wish I think, it, I just, yeah, I just wish it had been a little more laid out. Like, and I know that's not what they were going for, but like we were under the impression that the demons wanted him to die with them in the body. So they get to keep his soul. Right. Yes. Yeah. So that's I think, why, yeah. They did say that. Yeah. That's why her mom was trying to trick her. Not her mom was trying to trick her into killing him. Blah, 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 blah. So then, okay. She didn't, he didn't die. And she did. So now, like, why is everything fine? <laughs> well, the brother did say that the spirits uh, eventually leave the body after a while. So it's possible that once she died, uh, whatever spirit was attached to him maybe disappeared. I just wish it was a little more clear. I, I, I feel like you got to go one or two directions. Like, you're either going to lay everything out. This is how you defeat the hand. This is what has to happen, blah, blah, blah. And she either does it or doesn't. Or you just keep it real vague. Like, don't give us all the clues and then turn around and not really use any of them and have any of them really make any sense. Yeah, I think if I had to describe this movie to somebody without spoiling it, I would probably just say it's a stronger first half than a second half. Yes, that's understandable. Yeah. And, you know, I I picked up the allegory probably about halfway through the movie. I think when she couldn't let the hand go and then she wanted to bring it to her house and and no matter how many times people told her to leave it alone, stop it, you know, she still had it. Um, I realized what this movie was about and that's my own baggage I bring into the theater. So it's not really the movie's fault, but as somebody who's lost like multiple really close friends to drug use, I, it was a hard watch. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it was not something I was like, Oh yeah, that's, a, that's exciting. Uh, that's, that's what I want to see today. Um, so that, that made it a little hard watch. I wish I had known in advance. I might not even have gone to see it to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I just, I just wish it was a little more explanatory for a movie. That's all. Like I said, I thought it was well acted. I just, you know, it gets to a point where you just like you just have to like sit there and watch, but you don't really understand what the fuck is happening. So, but that's it. Yeah, I agree. I I really do think this movie is all about what you bring to it rather than what the filmmakers are delivering to you. Uh, and you know whether that's good or bad, you know, it, it depends on you. That's right. But let me ask you guys a question, John. If you were at a party, would you touch that hand? Fuck no, no. No, and if I was ever on TikTok or Instagram and I saw like my friends like were doing this stuff and I could kind of almost clearly tell it was like really I would just I would stop following them. No. I, I don't want nothing to do with that. No thank you. I would not touch that hand. Mark Ellis. I would totally touch that hand. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. 
<laughs> the whole time, that's the, the beauty of horror movies, that you watch these people do really stupid things. And the whole time I'm watching a movie, that's one thing I will say. Multiple times during this movie, I'm like, stupid, stupid. <laughs> when she got home and she opened up the bag and the hand came out, I'm like, stupid. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't be touching that hand at all, let alone let someone film me. Fuck that. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I guess if the allegory is correct, then uh, I have refused to touch the hand many times in life. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, there's no way in hell. Like, I don't fuck around with that kind of shit in real life. I don't want Ouija boards in my house. I don't want any of that fucking stuff around. Like, I don't fuck around with that stuff. <laughs> it's, it's like, I've watched too many horror movies. We don't know what the truth is. I am messing around with that. Right. That's how, Great. like, 30 years from now, people are making Amityville Karen movies about your house. <laughs> Amityville shark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The only thing left to do is to score the movie on zero to five, five being the best, zero being the worst. John, what do you got for talk? So I'm going to go slightly above average because I do think it was filmed. Well, I do think there was good performances in it. I do think there was a couple of moments that like really checked the boxes for what I want to see in a horror film. I do feel like it's a better first half than a second half. Um, as Mark said, the practical effects, uh, like the act when they would, would show you these like almost oily, bruised up ghosts or demons, whatever you want to call them. I thought they were pretty cool. Uh, the effects of when they were being taken over and their like eyes turned black were very good. So they did do things here. And I'm very curious to see what these two brothers will do next, because obviously this is kind of their springboard but I'm going to go with just a little bit above average overall uh, and give it a 2.75. All right. Uh, Markellis Reagans, how about you? Yeah, uh, I will say, um, you know, both of you guys mentioned what are these brothers going to be doing next? Uh, they're actually attached to Street Fighter, um, but Hollywood is shut down. So who knows if that's actually going to happen? But uh, they're next in line to handle Street Fighter, probably without Jean-Claude Van Damme. Sorry, I'm going to I'm going to amend my answer and say I'm going to wait to see what they do for their third film. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I, you know, I will agree. I wish this movie had a little bit more of a of a story that felt more solid. I wish it wasn't so much, you know, up to your own uh, interpretation of what you think the story means. So. But I did enjoy like everything else. I love the performances. I love the effects. I love the direction. I love the sound. Like I love the experience of the movie. It's just a that little. And I agree. First half, great setup. It starts to go a little bit off the rails in this towards the end. But I still enjoyed it. Uh, the fact that it starts with her and it ends with her. Um, you know, on either sides of the hand, which I didn't even realize my girlfriend pointed it out. Uh, I think that's a really cool bookend for a character, even though it's a shitty story. So I'm going to give it a three and a half. I want to give All it a right. four, but if I had a better story, we'd get a four, but I'm going to give it a three and a half. Wow. Uh, I think that's really high, but <laughs> that's okay. Everybody has their own opinions. Uh, I'm about... I feel I'm feeling a two and a half, right? So I feel this movie is a two. And when I walked out of the theater Saturday night, I was like, that's a, like a two and a half to me. Um, and I, unfortunately, John, I, I only grade on what I can put on letterbox. So I can't go to 2.75. Yeah. Letterbox. Cause we do quarters on the show, but then when I grade on letterbox, I'm always like fucking letterbox, like <laughs> get quarters going here, man. Cause it always looks different, but I, I get what you're saying. So I'm going to go to a three and I, I, I'm, I feel it's more of a two and a half movie, but like we've talked about over and over again, the technical powers of the movie, the effects, um, a lot of the superfluous stuff of the film are really well done. And I think it's worth a watch. It just like Mark said, you know, you get out of it, what you bring into it. Um, and the story is very open to interpretation. So I wasn't the biggest fan in the world, but I don't hate the movie. I don't think it's bad. I think people should check it out if they're into elevated horror. Uh, probably going to be a three out of five. Maybe we got it right and maybe we got it wrong. Hit up our social media and let us know what you think. And now we are going to wrap it up before we tap it up and get some recommendations for the listeners out there. John, please tell everybody where they can find the pint and get us a recommendation. Go to every single podcatcher out there and look up the pint colon a pop culture podcast where you could hear me 
and my podcasting partner, The Manster, talk about movies, comics. Uh, we do list episodes. We have a good time. So uh, you can check us out there for sure. And I will recommend, uh, as of recording right now today, uh, we found out that Pee Wee Herman passed away. And if you have never seen it or haven't seen it in a long time, go and watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I randomly watched it, I think, on Netflix like two months ago, one day off. I hadn't seen it in a while. It is a classic comedy. It's a classic road movie. Phil Hartman co-wrote it. It's it is Tim Burton's first film. It truly is. It's not forgotten for sure, but it truly is a classic film that doesn't get talked about nearly enough. And obviously with his passing, I think it's probably a good time to check in on it. And it probably will get streamed like crazy uh, this week and next week. But uh, if you're bored one night, Pee Wee's Big Adventure as a rewatch or a first time can't go wrong. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us this week. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Mark Ellis Reagans, how about you? Wow, John pretty much almost took my recommendation. Uh, I was also going to recommend a Pee Wee movie, except for I was going to recommend Big Top Pee Wee, uh, because that one is actually streaming on Prime. Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which I agree, classic movie. I definitely would put that one above Big Top Pee Wee. Don't, don't get it twisted. Uh, but it's, it's you know, you're going to have to pay for that one if you want to rent it now. <laughs> or be like Joey and go downstairs and grab the DVD, which uh, I'm, I'm sure Joey owns. Um, yeah, I have it on Blu-ray and DVD. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but if you don't uh, want to rent it, uh, if you want to get a, a free shot of Pee Wee, uh, Prime Video has Big Top Pee Wee. Uh, and that's streaming now. So uh, that's my recommendation. Awesome. Well, I will recommend that you go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. Links to all our YouTube and Patreon content as well at SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, or just about anywhere under the sun. You find podcasts. We will be there. Check out the aforementioned YouTube channel. There's hours of free exclusive content there. Like I said, at the top of the show, we'll be dropping a bunch of content from Rhode Island AnimeCon this week. So de definitely check it out. Uh, our Patreon, where you can contribute uh, to our funds and sometimes get exclusive content when uh, we all don't want to jump off a bridge. So uh, we'll get some content out there for you, hopefully next month, I promise. And uh, yeah, what do I have to recommend? Well, I'm very distraught about Pee Wee passing away. Um, much like John said and Mark, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure is one of my favorite movies of all time. I've been watching it since I was a kid, pretty much nonstop. And I still find things new and funny about it every time I watch it. Um, it was only a few years ago that I realized that Simone took a bus to France. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it just cracked me up. Um, it, it's legitimately a masterpiece. Uh, my family, we all quote it to each other nonstop. Like, just lines from it are ingrained in our speech so you know somebody will say something and one of us will say good for you and your father like <laughs> like like it's nothing you know where <laughs> where's francis he's taking his bath <laughs> it's just shit that's so funny to me that movie i love it so much so you know if you haven't seen it in a while or you never even saw it check it out um, I will say that he was in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, not the TV show, but the movie. And regardless how you feel about Joss Whedon or that movie, he was absolutely fucking fantastic. And that is one of the best death scenes in the history of cinema. So, yeah, check check out Pee Wee's, uh, you know, Paul Rubin's cinematography, you know, deep, deep dive. Get in there, man. Obviously, uh, if everything falls correctly, myself and Adam will be at Fan Expo Boston coming up this weekend as this drops. That's uh First week in August 2023. So if you're there, we'll be there. Come find us. And don't forget to check out Jason Statham is the Meg 2. Because that, my friends, what we will be reviewing next week on the podcast. But that is going to do it for this week. Episode number 469 in a row of the So Wizard Podcast. I have been your host, Joey DiCarlo. And my co-host from the pint, John. See ya. And the expert, Mr. Marquis. Mark Ellis Rake. Everybody have yourself a great week and Wakanda forever. We will see you guys next week for the Meg, T-O-O, -O, good journey.